You're listening to the Hardcore Honeys Podcast, starring your hosts, the snarky, the sassy, and the pretty Jade Auxiliary Things Johnson, the all-knowing, the all-wise Shay Vassar, and the man in the middle, Mr. TJ. And here's the show. Honeys, hunks, it's Hardcore Honeys. Coming with a new episode with some some pretty great stuff going on in the States. So we're in some great, happy vibes. Shay, how are you doing today? Oh, the sun is shining. I am alive. So that's nice. Uh, I'm drinking some coffee, a lot of coffee, and I'm just, I'm loving it. I'm loving life. Jade, you still getting a basketball fix right now? It was a little bit quieter this week, but you find in different ways to keep your basketball itch scratched? I mean, there's always something to look up, right? There's other people to talk to. My roommate's always down to talk ball. So honestly, I'm mostly just relieved for you guys. Like, the election's over and Trump didn't win. God. (laughs) There was literal celebrating in my sister's (laughs) neighborhood, Minneapolis. I bet there was. And then today we also have a guest with us, Shannon Walsh. How's it going today there, Shannon? It's good. Um, glad the election's over, too. We were in downtown D.C., and it was chaos yesterday, so glad I can go outside again. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, I, I can't even imagine in D.C. Holy crap. Tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you got going for yourself? Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to talk about what's been going on this week. I've been writing with Belly Up for a little over a month now. Uh, lots of basketball stuff, um, so check that out. Finally started using Twitter again, so throw me a follow <laughs> now that I've started uh, opening the app again. But uh, otherwise, just excited to chat with you guys. What's the What's Twitter, Twitter handle? Yeah. Uh, Swalchy63, so my last name with a Y, and then 63. Okay. Perfect. Uh, there'll okay. be a shout-out when we post the episode, too, so you can yeah. find her there. Always. Okay, so today's episode is primarily going to be about player rumors since that's been bubbling around a lot. So we got Devin Booker's name is out there again. There's rumors with Hayward taking a couple steps the other way from Boston. Harden's name is thrown in for some places. And once again, we have the annual Drew Holiday sweepstakes. Plus, (laughs) some of the biggest news, return of... NBA basketball. Woohoo! Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Okay, so Jade, rumors are Booker's wanting out. Mm-hmm. He says it's not true. Do you believe him? Listen, I couldn't believe Booker signed a rookie extension in Phoenix. I thought he was going to get out after his rookie contract. So, no, I don't believe when he says he's happy. I'm surprised he was happy enough to sign again there in the first place. Shay, do you believe him when he says he's happy? No, he's not happy. And when I heard that maybe he wants to go elsewhere, I'm like, yeah, he wants to go out to L.A. so he can be with his little Kardashian boo. And that's fine. Somehow he's in, like, Kim Kardashian's 40 closest people now. So he is living the high life, and he wants to be near near his people. And his people just happen to be the Kardashians. So good for him. What about his good friends in Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell, though? You know oh, that you're going to play. I don't honestly, you know what, we'll go on. That's going to be whatever, for later whatever. conversations. He's not my first choice of all the trade opportunities, but anywho, yeah, Shannon, I'm a huge Timberwolves fan, so, but anywho, Shannon, do you believe Devin when he says he's fine in Phoenix? I mean, looking back at what they did in the bubble and how they astonishingly almost got the eighth seed, um, you know, he might be seeing something, like they might be on the rise they seem to always be on the rise when they draft someone and then they are in the like bottom of the league. So part of me wants to believe that he's happy. Like when I was watching the bubble games, I was like, Oh, like I could be a Suns fan if they somehow pull out a miracle. But like, I, you know, I don't know. I, I wouldn't want to be in Phoenix. So (laughs) if Phoenix ends up having to get rid of them, 
what does Phoenix do? Where would you see them sending him there, Shannon? Um, I mean, I think it depends on other team needs. Uh, there are a lot of teams that are in the market for trades, but other ones that aren't going to do anything. Um, I think that, um, you know, the Timberwolves aren't the worst choice, but I doubt that's going to happen. Um, we got that and, first pick. Yeah. Um, I, don't even know, I don't even know what you do with that pick. Um, I can't wait until the Timberwolves don't have that pick anymore so we can stop I hearing know. about it. <laughs> for real. I will have a segment all, once it gets closer to the draft about it, and then I'll be done. But I don't know if I believe you, but that. Fine. It's, it's recorded now, so we can hold you to it. If you hear about how quintessential basketball is through Raptors, then we can hear yeah. at least my excitement. The Raptors are good. Yeah, and this is a good situation for the Timberwolves. Let me have one damn thing there, Jay. Jeez. I was going to swing that question back over to you then, Jay, <laughs> but I'm going to go to Shay. What should Phoenix do with him, Shay? Should they try to ride it out, or do they should try to ship him? I would try to keep him. I mean, I think that his kind of like what Shannon said is he really impressed me in the bubble and I would want to build around this kid. He's already proved his worth because he has gotten past that possible rookie luck. For some reason, I was going to say lucky rook and that's not right. Um, But yeah, rookie luck. So to me, that shows that it wouldn't be a horrible idea to take a chance on him. Stick the route with it and trust your own Phoenix process. Okay. Speaking of teams going through processes, Sixers have had some rumors that they're going to try to snag Harden. Jade, how can they make that work? And also in Philadelphia, would you want to make that work? Okay. I feel like this is a trick question, like top to bottom. (laughs) How, how can they like, I don't know, man. That whole thing seems to me like you're taking the 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 superstar that I think is the least likely to ever be the kind of team player that wins Rin and adding him to the most dysfunctional, kind of, sort of contending team in the league. And it's just like, no, this is like somebody's fever dream. This is not a real possibility. <laughs> Like, I don't, I don't see any way it can work. Like, they need to be opening up the floor and they're just going to add a ball stopper to the roster. Like, I don't, I just, without Harden having ever demonstrated that he can play another style of basketball, without having a team built around him and D'Antoni coaching him, as far as I'm concerned, Harden's not going to work anywhere he has to change his style completely you have zero hope i can't even meander my way through a way that i think it might like i've been thinking about this because you sent us the questions like a few days ago and i was like that's a really good question i don't think it has an answer (laughs) shay do you have an idea then on how they could make that work i think that if they were being smart in philly And again, we have talked extensively on this podcast about Embiid, Simmons, Philly in general, you know, all that stuff. But I think, well, yeah, because we're like, who thought it was a good idea to make this team? I don't understand. Um, But if if I were Philly, I wouldn't go for Harden. I don't think, if you're going to keep those two, if you're going to keep those two, you need someone with a more leadership presence. And I think you should go for Russell Westbrook. I'm not saying that I love his like style there, but Westbrook is adaptable. We have seen that with the fact that he left to Houston. He has the superstar personality, but yet is still able to be a little bit more humble and mesh with a team. And he's also a leader, which is something I've never seen James Harden exhibit at all. Like uh, leadership skills, not in James Harden's toolbox like at all Westbrook could go there and bring some of that team together um now I only think that this would work if you kept those two players or you replace them with similar younger players with potential that have not reached it if somehow Philadelphia would get the trade-off more than likely either Embiid or Simmons would be gone Shea 
would Simmons be gone then? They're not going to get rid of Embiid. That's not happening. I hope that if they do get rid of Simmons, that he gets to a place where he can find his rhythm. And I hope that he just hasn't already missed that era in his time as a player. I mean, what's he going part- to do his fourth year? But even then, like, he's so boring. Like, I'm sorry. I just find him so ridiculously really? boring. I think that he's like an old man. Have you never watched Ben Simmons highlights? He's a, he's one, like, he's, he is he's a so young LeBron. Good. He's like, a young LeBron without a jump a shot. young LeBron? Okay. No I have to challenge you to watch some Ben Simmons highlights on YouTube and Fine. then revisit this conversation. Fine. Because, and I will say that because I was similar to you where I was like, I knew he was a player in the league and he was supposedly pretty good. But then I wrote an article about him last summer and I watched highlights and I was like, damn, like he's good. When it comes to the vision, like the basketball vision I and like his way to also get to the hoop at his size, I guess take the That's jump the shot thing. away. He reminds me of a younger LeBron. And I think you seem to take away the fact that he, he doesn't shoot threes. Like he can drive to the, he can drive. To the <laughs> that's his only. That's his only flaw. If he was a shooter, for me, I'm sorry. If he was a shooter, if he was shooting, he would be dominating. Like well, you cannot could, stop could that man with a jump shot. <laughs> a critical part of basketball. <laughs> Devin Booker doesn't shoot jump shots. Neither does Demar Derozan. Nobody cares about that. Yeah, but I, Just say it. I'm not hearing about how they're, like, in the running for LeBron. <laughs> I'm talking about, like, the vision and the IQ. Right. Now, he's not comparing talent overall. I'm, not, you know, I'm talking about his, like, vision and his IQ. Like, when he... Listen, ladies. <laughs> Taylor and I are agreeing on something that must mean it's right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> saying he's gonna be the goat or anything i'm just saying there's very similar there's a lot of similarities between the two he can't be the goat uh joel Embiid already claimed that for himself so there's yeah. only one in philly they can I have anything joel Embiid says on this podcast so. <laughs> the other thing about that limits i wanted to mention though is that i think he seems boring because everything he does looks effortless but if you really pay attention to some of the stuff he does, it's like that's so much harder than he makes it look like it is. Like if another player did the exact same thing, you can see the effort and it's like, oh, damn, that's like that was a move. I the plays that he does about, like like Jamal Murray makes things look effortless. But they're like really difficult. But I would not put him and Ben Simmons in the same category at all. Highlights. We have to revisit this. Okay. Uh, deal. I will watch highlights. That's fine. That's we'll fine. just we'll just send you highlights in the Slack chat. Great. On the flip side of not the Philadelphia, but we're going the Houston side. Shannon, would Houston have to blow up then if they got rid of Harden, meaning like shipping off Westbrook? Right. I mean, I think both of these teams are in dire need of being blown up, but in terms of which one's going to do it first, it'll probably be the Rockets. I think that the Sixers are literally bound and tied to their current roster and are not going to do anything until they like miss the playoffs or something like worse. Um, in terms of the Rockets, I, I mean, I think that they're, they've been on the cusp of being like kind of good for years and Westbrook made no impact to that. Like, at all so if they wanted to you know go for a short run it's not going to be with this roster and it's not gonna i don't think harden is going to stay i wouldn't want to stay there either i don't think if they're just going to keep sitting there and make it like a round or two in the playoffs i agree with that on one level but i feel like harden is missing the awareness to be like hey there's something i could be doing about this (laughs) i could be different and impact this team differently than i do so, like, as much as it's the Rockets, it's always hardened to me, too. And I right. think like, that... Harden, obviously, his time is numbered in uh, Houston, but, like, the Sixers have the same exact mindset. Like, that every one of those players yeah. is complacent. So him going in there is just going to add another, like, cog to a broken, broken machine. He needs to go somewhere where he can be a supportive player to someone who can actually lead a roster yeah. in a locker room. Yeah. Be willing to accept that role. That's the other thing. Well, yeah. 
That's always hard when you're the scoring leader, right? Like, it seems like so many teams see that and be like, oh, that's our leader. And it's like, no, no. like, that, that shouldn't automatically be a thing. Like, Kyle Lowry hasn't been the scoring leader on the Raptors for a long time, but he is the leader because he has that skill set. It's not just about what happens on the court. And I feel like that's always just such an automatic thing, especially with the LeBron James in the league. Like, he happens to have both sides of it. Right. He's got the stats and he's got that leadership thing. But it just seems like a lot of times people see stats and they'd be like, oh, that's the leader. Like, no, it's more complicated than that. And it should be more complicated than that. A lot of factors that go with that one. Speaking of lots of factors with all of it, Drew Holiday. Let's see if he can find a home for these holidays. Um so, Shay, there's some potential landing spots of Denver, Portland, got the Brooklyn Nets, and the Bucks. Um, which team out of those teams do you see could have the high have the highest likelihood for landing him? Now, I'm gonna ask all y'all this question because there's a couple teams here. So, Shay, what do you got? My my first instinct is to say Brooklyn because he might be a nice like assistant to the potential of the team. I don't want to say that the team is good, but potential for those two moody all-star guys. Uh, I think that he might be a good supplement for where they might be inconsistent. But part of me also doubts that Brooklyn would be a good spot to send anyone that you want to have a career. <laughs> just because I don't know if that's going to be an experiment that works out. So I'm just going to go with that. Yeah. How would well then? How would like players and pieces wise? How do you would how would you see them doing it then? Because. Oh. New Orleans isn't going to be done with it. He is a hot commodity in the league. Oh, and they're going to get something for it. I mean, I definitely have to relook at the Pelicans, like, who they even have on their team, other than Zion. Like, that's all I feel like they have. And Holiday, obviously. Ingram? Ball? Yeah, Ingram, Hart, Lonzo. Oh, yeah, I forgot I forgot Lonzo. Um, <laughs> that's, like, how I feel about that team. I'm like, since Zion went, I'm like, they're kind of forgettable. Um, no offense. But only because, too, the news is, like, usually around him, despite him not even playing the whole season. I'm almost curious. I don't know. Like, Would, like, I, Spencer Dinwiddie and, like, Levert and Jarrett Allen be involved with it? Some picks? or I was say like just take everyone Kyrie didn't mention in his list that's like literally what I was about to say I was like because hey. I mean that's still some solid pieces which is why that list was so ridiculous Kyrie again Kyrie I, I got a lot is. of spots for that guy on a personal level but on a basketball level I'm like what are you saying ever Shannon so out of those front runner teams who do you think is more likely to get it and what would they have to do? Yeah, I mean, I agree. Um, I think Brooklyn is probably a good landing spot. But again, that chemical experience, experiment that's happening over there would probably ruin his career. So I, <laughs> I don't want to send him there. I think the Bucks are another solid option just because um, they he is a great support player and they are trying to fill around Giannis more. Um, but I think that they're holding on to a lot of, like, all-star players that are just playing support roles. So I think they'd have to include one of those, especially because Holiday represents a big leadership role in the locker room for the Pelicans. So if you're going to trade him, it needs to be for someone that can replace that side of it as well, since they're also young. More than likely, it would have to be Eric Bledsoe. Would New Orleans be willing with that? I don't know. I don't know that... I think him and Ingram kind of have duplicative performances, so I don't know that it would be a, the best match but i mean he he would fit the leadership role but i don't know that he's fitting the roster role the same and then jade how about you denver portland brooklyn milwaukee how do they make it work um i'm going with the none of the above option and saying i would love to see him in toronto if fred van vliet doesn't resign we're gonna have an opening there i think Masai might be ready to move on from norman powell and I don't think Kyle Lowry 
is a Raptor after <laughs> next season. His extension only lasts to, through the end of next season. And I either see him retiring or Toronto's not going to pay him what he wants and he's going to end up, you know, a veteran on someone else's team. I think there's an opening there. The other teams, I think Denver needs to hold on making changes until the deadline because I I think that's one of the big mistakes that basketball organizations often make is coming off of a fairly successful season. Uh, Denver did better than I was expecting them to do overall for their season. And I think it's important to let that simmer a little bit before you start making changes. So I don't think Denver should be looking to trade anything in the offseason. I think they need to play up to the trade deadline and then decide if they need to make moves. Um, in Milwaukee, yeah, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's necessarily the right fit there. If you're just swapping out swapping out Drew Holiday for Bledsoe, I don't think that advances you the way that the Bucks need to look at if they're really going to get where they need to get to get Giannis to stay. I don't think that's the move that does it. So if they're serious about that, that meeting they had with Giannis after the season ended, Drew Holiday, as much as I like him as a player, that's not the move for them either. My idea, though, was Portland, just because Mm. Portland might be at the end of trying the C.J. McCollum, Dame Lillard idea. I don't think his those contracts are comparable, though. Like, Dame and CJ both got paid. Yeah, it's pretty uh, friendly for New Orleans. Yeah. He signed a five-year $131 million, so he gets $26 million a year. And then CJ makes twenty nine a year. It's not as far off as I thought it was. There's no point in looking at Dame because obviously they're not moving on from Dame. They're not, oh, they're they're not, not, no, it's not the Dame they're moving on from. It would be CJ. But um, I wonder what Dame would think about that. Because they yeah. they do have a really good chemistry on and off the court that I think that would be a hard thing for Damian Lillard. And would that affect his playing? And Damian Lillard is a lot about loyalty. Yeah. I don't see that much chemistry on the court, though. Like, it seems like they play opposite minutes a lot of the time, which makes sense because they do basically the exact same things. Dame just does a little better. I yep. think in in his head, though, Damian Lillard is like, that's my friend. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, oh, I totally agree with that. And that goes back to the conversation we had last week about why are players making roster decisions? Right. It's a bad idea to sign CJ to that extension at the time, and I knew that, and I said that. I'm like, why? Why would you do this? They're too similar. For my Brooklyn thing, I think that the only way I could see it really working is, as much as I would love to see Spencer Dinwiddie, sorry, in my head that was a lot harder to say, as much as I would love to see him play in Brooklyn to see if this, again, experiment works out, I think that he would have to be the one and they would have to throw in someone else or they would have to throw in picks. Um, picks I think also with the players picking roster decisions, like do they'd have to run it by Kyrie and KD as much as I hate to say it, but like if they were bringing in like a major support player and one of those two nutbags like doesn't like them, then like, yeah. (laughs) You're not wrong. Like those two guys are good. And because both of them are moody people, you already know that they have their own opinions on, like, everyone in the NBA. So, of course, that's a thing. Even for someone as non-controversial as Drew Holiday. Exactly. They're they're probably like, he looked at me wrong once. Like, (laughs) I don't know. That's Katie saying that, so. Speaking of more players on the move, um, Gordon Hayward sound is wanting out. Jade, which team should go for him? Um, I think the Pelicans could use somebody like him that is a little bit veteran, solid minutes, reliable, but you don't need him to carry anything out there. Um, can be kind of a grounding voice for those young guys that we were talking about. Um, that's really the only kind of place that jumps out to me for him. Um, I find it super interesting that he wants out now when, by all accounts, the Boston is like the up-and-coming 
team in the East. Not saying I believe that, but <laughs> uh, I, I find it interesting that. that now is when he's when he's ready to move and and like he just he hasn't been able to get any flow with all the injuries. So it just seems like an odd time to decide that he wants to be done there. Jay, after hearing all of this being said, that Gordon wanting to leave, he's got $34 million on his final year of his contract. Literally the worst Why thing not opt in? <laughs> no, that's like honestly my question too, because you're already playing with like, you know, Kimba and Jalen Brown and Tatum. Like, why would you want to leave in your last year a big contract like – your wife just also had like what her fifth or sixth kid like I don't know a lot of kids. He's on Philip Rivers level. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yes, now is the time that I want to like play one more year. I really think, and also it's not like he's some superstar. Like he's not you know someone that you can build a team around. And a lot of to have that big of a contract and to go to another team right now, you have to kind of be someone that they want to build a team around. I wouldn't want to build around Gordon Hayward. He is solid, but he is not superstar. He's not he's not even to me like someone that I see a lot of like leadership skills from or loyalty. Like he's just kind of like a decent NBA player. That's that. So you fit perfectly where you're at with a huge contract. Just like stay. Boston's nice. That's a really good point that I hadn't thought of. Like Gordon Hayward is so not the guy that should be asking for a trade. No. Yeah, but he he's not a perfect fit in Boston. I'm a Celtics fan, so I'm very biased about this. But I hate Gordon Hayward in Boston more than anything. He's a detriment. Okay, yes, to the- I'll let you actually go for this. Crack your knuckles. You take a swing at he, this. Andy. He's a de- detriment to the locker room because Brad Stevens is, is biased from coaching him in college. It was a huge issue when Kyrie Irving was there. Not that it was the biggest issue, obviously, because Kyrie was the bigger issue. But he bra- he's so injury-prone. He's built, like, a freaking, like, stack of cards. Like, <laughs> he is unreliable, and he can't get a flow, and I don't think that's Boston's fault. I would rather them dump the contract, get rid of some of their picks, because we have literally more prospects than we know what to do with, and either trade up in the draft or get a reliable... Like, Drew Holiday, fine, I'll take him, too. Like, he's great to mature some of those older guys and he doesn't we don't need someone to build the team around so I, I mean I'm fine with that and I would like them to bucket it with some picks so that we're not picking up a bunch of guys and then we don't even have room in our G League roster we literally have too many like Danny Ainge he's got some thinking to do and that's scary no oh. Danny Ainge is a puppeteer he screwed over the Sixers more times than I can oh, count and it God, makes me like, so happy <laughs> He's an evil genius with it. <laughs> Anyways, biggest news, though, that has happened is NBA is coming back officially December 22nd. It's been agreed on. Uh, I'm going to ask everyone this question. Um, Shannon, do you like the idea? A little bit too early? I mean, I like it personally because I'll have basketball to watch on Christmas, but that's very like a very biased view. <laughs> In terms of like, if it's best for the players, I think they voted for it. Um, they're all premier. It's one of the most outspoken leagues in terms of, like, speaking up when they're not happy about something. And I think that if it were an issue, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have gone through. So I think the biggest concern will be the offseason is, like, not a thing. So when are they going to make moves and how, how are they going to, you know, react after the draft? It usually takes some time to figure out which of those players are going to fit or who I want to shop even after the draft, so. So then, uh, Jay, do you like the idea of the December 22nd start? Too early? What's your take? I don't like the idea. I love the idea. I'm ready to start counting down. And every person that I've talked to is like, what am I going to do without Christmas basketball? Like, I'm going to have to talk to my family. My family doesn't really do Christmas, so it's not a deal for me. But for, like, everybody else that I've talked to, it's like, can't how, what you want me to spend Christmas without basketball on my TV? Are you crazy? In terms of it being too soon, I mean it's not ideal. Obviously, it's not ideal, but I I look at it as the way the rest of the world is looking at what this last year has been, and be like, listen, we gotta suck it up and do what we gotta do because the world has been effed up for an entire year, and it wasn't just gonna fall back into normal. Like, that was never going to be a thing. 
And so even though it's not ideal for the players and there's not going to be a big off season and, and all of this stuff, it's kind of like, you know what, in order to get back where we do have an off season without losing a ton of money, we're going to have to put up with a, a, a microscopic off season this year. And we're going to have to figure it out as we go along. And I think it's going to make for a super interesting season because we've got players moving. We've had tons of coaches moving. There is the perfect setup for historically fun drama between the Clippers and the Nets and the 76ers. Like, it's going to be an entertaining season. And the sooner it starts, the better, as far as I'm concerned. Shay, do you like the idea? Listen. You love it? I love basketball, so of course I want to watch it. Um, so starting last year, I started going out to California with my boyfriend to see his family. And like they watch basketball usually at night because they're big Lakers fans. I mean, everyone out there, again, who are the Clippers? <laughs> so it's really fun to watch. Like He has an older um, aunt who like loves the Lakers. Like Of course, if you talk to her, she's like, I don't really like LeBron. Like I'm more of a Kobe fan and you know, she's like a little old lady and I really love, I love hearing like her takes on basketball. Cause it's just like everything is compared to Kobe. <laughs> like, it's really nice. So yeah, cute. Happy about that. What I'm not happy about is the fact that as an Oklahoma city fan, we don't have a coach. <laughs> so like right. no coach yet. And we're supposed to start the season and how many weeks? That is so scary. We don't know if Chris Paul's staying. We don't know if, like, we don't know anything about our team. So I'm just, like, as a basketball fan, sure. I'm glad, too, that I have my, found my second team, which is Denver, because they're a lot more solid right now. Um, but as a Oklahoma City fan, I am scared for that early start date. <laughs> How can you be a fan of another team that is in your division? Listen, <laughs> I don't want to hear it. Okay, oh, I just fell off a It's like Shay's <laughs> like, I, you're in the Atlantic Division, right, Shay? I mean, uh, Jade? Yeah. That's but, like me saying I like Boston or the Sixers. Like, I can't exactly, do that. Exactly, right. <laughs> judgment, okay? I, just, I really like the Denver team right now. It's nice. And I am still struggling to like my Oklahoma City team the way it is, and it's going to change again. So that's why I purposely did not fall in love with it last year is because I knew it wasn't going to stay. And, you know, I was so in love with Russ and Adams together and playing, and now I don't have that. So that's why I'm I'm a bitter old basketball fan who was burnt. Oh, anyway. Shay's, still, Shay's still getting over the breakup. I get I'm it. Still, like every time I see Russ in red, I'm like, no, that's not correct. Like, <laughs> you gotta stop sniffing the old shirts. Get the scent out. You gotta leave it alone. Well, my sister still has my Russell Westbrook jersey, so at least that's been like a breakup. She doesn't know who he is really, though. So, um. Huh. Okay. Well, that's. Is, aren't they large in Oklahoma City? The Thunder. Okay, she probably knows who Russell Westbrook is, but like, attention. <laughs> Before, I was supposed to take her and introduce her to the NBA in March in that game against the Utah Jazz. We got there a little bit late. People were leaving. We're like, what's going on? They said, oh, well, one of the players, probably that French guy, has coronavirus. And so I didn't get to go. And I watched literally the NBA crumble in front of me. So I don't (laughs) want to talk about that. Wow, you're like, you were at like ground zero. I have a side question. What do you want? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Every moment that passes, I realize Shay is even more salty than I thought. (laughs) Is there anybody on your coaching staff that you would be okay with as the interim if if they don't find someone when the season starts? I got to relook because all of the other guys look the same. But at first I was like, Mo Cheeks, Mo Cheeks, Mo Cheeks goes to the Bulls. I'm like, are you kidding me? So my my newest one has been that I, because I, I'm pretty sure he's still working in the front office, if I know correctly. I want Nick Collison. 
bring back Mr. Thunder to coach the Thunder. I think that would be fun. Um, I think that he he's like a really nice guy. He's like one of the reasons that Russell Westbrook was able to like really find how to put that energy into basketball instead of just being like a fireball all the time. And so even though he doesn't have a coaching experience per se, he has, he really led that team, um, which is why he's Mr. Thunder. And now he has a retired number there. So I think it would be cool to see him back there, but uh, I don't know if that's going to happen. He's the Midwest version of Udonis Haslam. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So Shay, I got to ask. Since LeBron said, if it starts then, I'm going to set the first month out. Is he staying true to his words? Maybe. And, like, fine. I don't care. Like, you're an old man. Sure. Take a couple days off. Like, we're... I don't watch hey, basketball hey, LeBron. LeBron James is a year older than me, so that's no, great. Okay. Well, <laughs> James, James do you think he stays true to his word? I want to hear your take on him. You know what? I don't know, because LeBron also said, if we play in front of fans, I'm not playing. And we all know how that turned out. I think this is a little bit different. I don't think anyone's going to give him a hard time about not playing under the circumstances. And I I really just think as long as the league knows in advance and agrees to it, it shouldn't be an issue. So I I think he probably will sit out the first month. Um, Shannon, so say LeBron does. Will other players follow, or is this going to be a LeBron solo trip? I mean, I think it depends on, I quite frankly don't know if they're going to do a bubble format or not. Um, I don't know if they've spoken about that at all, but I I wouldn't have an issue with players opting out if they weren't and they were expected to travel. Like, the NFL has a new COVID case every hour. Like, (laughs) I don't know why it would be smart to go into next month without, like, a, a plan like that, and... In terms of LeBron, I, I mean, I am not a big LeBron fan, so I, I don't think he's going to stay true to his word because he typically does not. He does it for, like, <laughs> he does it for, like, the media. He's pretty so. historic on that one. Yep. So, I mean, if other players opt out, I mean, I think maybe in L.A., like, I think maybe they'll just start stirring the pot over there, but I don't think it's going to have a huge, like, ripple effect for the rest of the league. Maybe maybe Kyrie and Katie pull something, but that's about it. Why? Why Leonard? Oh, yeah. Well, Kawhi well, doesn't even play be... back-to-backs to start with. <laughs> exactly, exactly. He, he wasn't going to be there anyways at the beginning of the season. But, um, so, it is a record time between end of season and beginning of the season with 71 days. And this is out of every major of the four sports. Um Shannon, is this going to affect team chemistry a lot to start off the year? Are we going to see some bumps and bruises from a lot of teams? I mean, I think it depends on how active front offices can be in that short period of time. If there are some teams that really need to make a move, cough like the Sixers or someone like that, and don't do anything, <laughs> then it's going to – I think that will screw with the locker room if they're like, I'm clearly in need. Why are you not doing anything about it? Especially when this draft – is not bringing in a ton of like stars. So there's a lot of shopping of picks and things like that. I don't think it's difficult to make a deal, but I think that would make a lot of players upset if they clearly needed help. And in this period of time, the office isn't able to get anything done. Okay. And then, so I'll swing this over to you then Jade to chemistry. They're going to be an issue with this shortened off season and everything, or this just another obstacle that has been due to COVID? I think it depends on the team. I think some teams build with the idea that the chemistry needs to be there and they're thinking about that when they're recruiting. And I don't think those teams are going to have a problem. Uh, But when you get into all of these other teams that are on the LeBron James superstar Kool-Aid, where they think you can just throw a bunch of stars together and it's going to work, like you already didn't have chemistry in the season that you played last season. So if your makeup stays largely the same, even if your makeup changes, your team was not built thinking about chemistry. Your team was built by looking at a stat sheet and saying, oh, these guys all are really good. Let's throw them together. So I think it just is going to depend on the organization. I think strong organizations like Miami, like Dallas, like 
Uh, Denver's got good chemistry. Toronto, Boston even. I don't think those teams are going to have a problem. But I think teams like Brooklyn, like Philadelphia, like Houston, like LAC, those are the teams that are going to be like, huh, how are we going to figure out our way through this? Because our players don't get along super well. They don't play together super well. And now we've had, how many did you say? 71 days between off-season and season starting to try and figure it out. Like, like there's going to be some circuses. There's going to be some circus acts in the NBA this season. I'm, I'm pretty sure of that. I'm curious if they're still going to keep the all-star game and everything. I really hope so, but they still get 72 games, so they only knocked off two extra, uh, only 10 extra games, So, mm-hmm. which I thought I was pretty impressed with. I think the season should be 72 games anyways. I think 82 games is too many. Yeah. At that point, I mean, if you're, you're talking about 10-game difference, which when it comes to figuring out standings is so little compared to when you're talking about the amount of of just work that puts on players' bodies. And also for revenue. Like, you you don't know how many guys I talk to who are into sports that are just like, yeah, basketball season's too long to follow. It's too many games. Yeah. Like, it's not interesting. Right. And the overlap with the football season. Like, I get it. Like, I'm starting to understand the football thing a little bit more, even though I don't love football. But I understand when the season is that short that everything's exciting. Like you don't get basketball doesn't get truly exciting until really after the all-star break. It's true. You know? And so I think if they cut down those games permanently, just like cut them out, leave them out, figure out how to make up the revenue somehow. You would get more TV viewership, I think automatically just by shortening it. And by again, not crossing over with football as much as it does. And you don't have three months of basketball, which is, like, optional viewing. Like, the first third of the NBA season is optional. You don't have to follow it to be able to follow what's going on down the stretch. True. So, my question is, with the trade stuff going on, I and the way that this is pushing back uh, the NBA season, how is this going to affect also college basketball and possibly the next trade season? And international basketball. Like, there's still a lot of things up in the air. Yeah. Because I've been, like, since I'm technically going to University of Oklahoma right now online, I've been wanting to, you know, follow basketball. And then I'm like, when is it starting? Ever? Like, because I know college football is going on, but then there's some weird policies going on with the way crowds can be there and mass, no mass, certain Well, Notre Dame fans stormed the field last night after a win, so... Oh, that's like smart. those are being really upheld strong. I think we've done a pretty solid job at breaking down where players are going to do go, what teams should do, and then also our takes with the beginning of the NBA season itself. I think we did a good chat of that. And before we swing into our last segment, the fast break, fast break is presented today by PropMe. PropMe is a social wagering platform catered to the everyday sports fan. It has a peer-to-peer betting marketplace for social wagering. It's an all-sports betting platform that includes eSports. A company that leads in social wagering innovation, join PropMe on the Google Play Store or Apple App Store today. Sign up and join the movement. And it's time for the fast break, the time where I come up with three questions and I throw them out to Jay and Jade and this week's guest, Shannon. Questions they know nothing about. So we'll start off. Shannon, you are the guest of the week. I'm going to throw t- first question to you. What would cause a bigger shakeup in the league? A big name going out west or a big name going out east? A big name going out east. I think uh, the west already has a stockpile of them. If you bring one of the east, it's going to make a big impact um, in terms of the super team setup that LeBron is, you know, building. <laughs> that he's always been building. Um, so then, uh, Shay, what about you? Big name going west or going east? Yeah, I want to say west just because the east is... Wait, 
Did I get that mixed up? I don't know, because it's your own answer. <laughs> I'm like, in my head, I'm like, never. Wait. Oh, God, which conference? No, Big Man going east. Wow, sorry. Woo! Did I say that in the first part? I don't know. I literally am not alive today, even though I did say I was alive at the beginning. Um, No, like, a Big Man going east, because the west is already so packed, it's, like, annoying. I mean, don't get me wrong. The finals, like, ended up being better than... I expected at least the playoffs. Um, but I would like to see like more even competition. Um, that would just be nice because I don't want to see, um, I don't know, like big teams just dominate some of these smaller teams that don't have quite the same, the best management or, or whatnot. Um, yeah, that's that. Okay. And then, uh, Jade, big name going West or East? Who's causing the bigger shakeup? So it's unanimous because let's also not forget we got Clay Thompson and Steph Curry coming back next True. season in the West on top of everybody else that's already there. But I'm going to take it a step further and say a big name going northeast into Toronto because nobody oh, ever comes in free agency. It will literally be the first time it's ever happened that a big name has signed in free agency. And we all know the Raptors are the NBA's redheaded stepchild, so... If a big guy wants to go to the Northeast, they can just go to Boston. We don't have to cross the border. We can just stop there. They don't have to get. They don't have to worry about visas or anything like that. I mean, universal health care, just saying. I know. I want to get the health care if you're in the NBA already. So <laughs> yeah, they're not worried. I think, about their, their, I think that's probably one of your last worries, there, Jade. It might be. It might be. One of these days, it's gonna happen, though. I'm just waiting for it. But in terms of what you're asking, what would be the biggest shakeup? It would be somebody coming to Toronto in free agency, because it would be a first. Sure. That's a sh- that's a shakeup for you, not for the entire East. Um, maybe if the Raptors weren't good, it wouldn't affect the rest of the East. But the Raptors are good. I'll just let you. I'll let you say East uh, Toronto. Um. So, Jade, first game of the season, since we have a set date. Yeah. And this is, and I'm going to say this for everyone, you can't choose your team. Who's the okay. first game that you want to watch? I want to see Lakers Heat. Again? I want to see the Heat healthy. I have to feel like if you belong to the Miami Heat, you're like, dang it, we could have done so much better if we were healthy. Like, this would have been a completely different series. And I think you would be eager to show that kind of as soon as possible. Okay. So then Shannon taking the Celtics out, who would you want your first game of the season to be? Um, Either they could play each other, but either Brooklyn or Philly. I think that both of those have a lot of roster question marks and how the chemistry is going to go. And that's, I know you're not going to see Kyrie's fit in the first game, but I still am excited to see if they can even play well together. So let's just do Brooklyn Philly uh, versus yeah, each other and let's see together. who has a bigger dumpster fire. <laughs> so, we can measure the height of the flame. That's the success. The, sw- the shorter the flame, the more success. Um, and then Shay, who do you want the first game of the season to be that does not include your beloved OKC? Okay. Because this is who I wanted for the the finals, I would love to see Denver Heat. Denver Heat. Yeah, because I think that would have... I mean, don't get me wrong, the Laker Heat matchup was a lot better than I expected. But I like the idea of two more, like, mismatched teams, you know? Like, they're they're kind of... Well, obviously the Heat is more of, like, a ragamuffin group. Hard-working guys. Um, but Denver also has some of that element, and I think that their energy would be really interesting against each other. So I, I really want that. Okay. So you want Denver, Miami. Interesting. And, okay, last question of the day. We'll start off with you, Shay. So oh I have, once again, another um, – who has – so who has a better – lineup against so this is a confusing one how to say it so i got two teams the all michael jordan's opponent the starting five and the lebron james all opponent starting five. Oh, geez i feel like i need a notepad and i didn't bring right? one okay <laughs> so if you're picking a team which team would you take 
So Michael Jordan is Barkley, Magic, Gary Payton, Clyde Drexler, and Karl Malone. Jeez. And LeBron's team is Duncan, Kawhi, Curry, KD, and Dirk. So, Shannon, who would win? I'm still Michael slightly Payton confused by LeBron's. the question, but I think I'm going with uh, Michael Jordan's only because that group with LeBron is like uh, similar to Brooklyn. Like they, that is a whole lot of personality in one room, and I think that in terms of playing <laughs> chemistry. Um, it's a whole lot of personality but then none because Tim Duncan's there (laughs) (laughs) it's like bringing Drew Holiday anywhere someone's got a level set (laughs) yeah exactly I'm taking the other team with Dirk on it because I don't know if I'm ever sold on Carl Malone if he doesn't have John Stockton ooh thank you thank you of course, you're going to be second all time in points when you have the guy that has most assists all time <laughs> by a large margin. By a lot, yeah. By so like that margin. one piece itself was kind of like the swing for me because I don't get me wrong, I love Carl Malone and and the Jazz growing up. That was one of the teams. Somehow we got the games for often up here in Canada. I'm not really sure why, but at the time we did, and I loved watching them play. But like. Do I want Carl Malone on my starting lineup if John Stockton is not there? I don't think that I do. Shay, I will wrap it up with you. Which team would you take? I'd probably, I'd probably pick the like Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, like the the these guys. I don't know. This just sounds good. Okay, that's that's fine. <laughs> that's all. I mean, okay, perfect. Shay's answer. <laughs> I didn't okay. really have a reason. <laughs> well, today's been great. Shannon, thank you so much for enduring whatever we call this, this no. chat that we have. No problem. Thanks for having me. It was fun. It was great having a guest. It's been a while since we've had a guest. For all of us at Hardcore Honey, Shay, Jade, you got me, TJ. We out. <laughs> <laughs>